Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw on the wisdom of the saints to navigate the tumults of this very challenging life. And we have a guest today that has given us a kind of laser-focused, powerful, revelatory insight into particular saints lives that have something in common with us actually and uh, but i'll let you reveal that secret who is this guy we're going to interview today okay we want to welcome patrick o'hearn he is the brand manager for holy heroes and an author and freelance editor he grew up in the midwest and spent several years in a benedictine monastery before discerning the call to marriage he has written several books one on the topic of miscarriage and infant loss entitled Nursery of Heaven, along with Parents of the Saints, the Hidden Heroes Behind Our Favorite Saints. His first children's book and the his first children's book, The Shepherd at the Crib and the Cross, was released in 2022. Welcome, Patrick O'Hearn. Great to have you. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. It's great to have you, Patrick. And we're talking today with Patrick about a great book that can really inspire your faith and whether you're pre-married or married courtship of the saints, how the saints met their spouses, which I think is very cool. I think a lot of people don't realize, I, I would imagine if you surveyed most Catholics, Patrick, and I wonder what you think about this, that they would, uh, not, if you said true or false, there are many, many married saints. What do you think they would say? I would, I would say they would say false. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and think people are aware of, um, how, of many. how many there are. And we have a couple that are, you know, hanging up in our dining room in the Therese room, which oh, is yeah. her parents. Yeah. Which are in this book. Yeah. So there are a lot and they have a profound effect and they're such a profound example. So the title of your book, Courtship of the Saints, uh, might be something worth just diving into the first yeah. word of the title, which is yeah. courtship. Uh, what What is courtship? Uh, uh, Stephanie and I practiced it, by the way, uh, deliberately. Maybe that's, I'm giving it away, the answer. But what is courtship and why is it different than dating? And why didn't you name the book Dating of the Saints? You know, courtship just, you know, it goes back to, you know, biblical times, you know, even before the life of Christ, you know, and, and that's why in this book, I included the stories of, I wanted to include even to the Old Testament, the story of, uh, you know, the great story of Tobias and Sarah and then mm -hmm. Boaz and Ruth. And then even I used some private revelation just for two stories, which was Joachim and Anne and then Mary and Joseph. And so this has always been in our tradition, this idea of courtship. And actually the term itself was became kind of defined in the, the 16th century. It meant like an advisor to a king and a queen. And then as it progressed through the centuries, it meant this idea of wooing a woman with the, with the end goal of marriage. So it always, and then as we moved into the 20th century and 21st century, 
you know, thanks to Fulton Sheen and Father Chad Rippinger, we see this idea of trying to find someone that's virtuous. That's the that's mm. the whole goal of courtship, and and it entails, you know, the families involved in here. Like, you know, uh, a, you know, a young man is gonna when he pursues a woman, he's gonna ask permission to court the girl and then to marry her. And then dating we see is more in the 20th century and it is more became a it was actually a, a lower class slang term that that uh, was more on based on popularity and really didn't even have anything to do with sex. But as the automobile took off, um, again, it was a social status. So I think the, the I see the primary difference. Courtship, again, is just this we're looking for someone that's going to help us get to heaven. It always keeps marriage in mind. It looks to heaven while dating is more concerned with uh, you know the present moment and pro- and how much pleasure we can get. Okay. Uh, so we're, we, we had a glitch. Is everything cool? All right. So we'll keep okay. going. Yeah. And I, th- I think what's interesting is, you know, this question about why is it different from dating? I mean, nowadays, even the word dating has gone by the wayside and, like they don't, you don't even use the word dating. You use worse the word hooking slang. up, well, well, you know, well, or whatever. It just gets worse yeah. and worse. It's a, it's a more distant. So I, I love this idea of courtship. Again, Dan said we, we practiced it and this purposeful engagement of uh, speaking to another, getting to know their heart and mind, uh, looking for someone who exhibits the virtues that we seek in a spouse that would make a good husband, a good wife, a good mother, a good father. So we could get both get to heaven. Right. And so both live in a way like yeah. I, when I was, when I was, when I discerned marriage, I like you, I had a uh, Patrick, I had an interest in monastic life when I was, uh, when I converted to Catholicism, I was single, but I'd come out of Anglican seminary. And, uh, but at once I discerned to be married, it was who will pray with me was my question. And, and the Lord gave me a woman who never, ever, how long we've been, we've been married a long time, but she's never said no to prayer, never said no to pursuing Christ and virtue and living. Making that. Christ the center of our home. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. in this book, is your goal to promote that idea by reflecting how it works in the saints or, or was it just to draw interest to uh, the holiness of saints and marriage? What was, what was, what was in view for you? I think, you know, in the first chapter, I define what courtship is and, you know, with father Rippinger's permission, you know, I was able to use, he has these four stages of courtship and I have a whole chart in there. So I think it was to draw awareness, especially for young people discerning to see like, this is, you know, it's, it's black and white, you know, often in dating, we just, we don't know what's, you know, how far people ask, like, how far can you go? What's, what's, and, and I, that's not the right question to ask. It's like, you know, what is, who is the person that's going to help me become a saint and what virtues can I work on? So I, I wanted to define that right away. And so that was kind of the, laying the foundation, but I also, as I spell out in the intro, I don't really say that, you know, in every saint story, I, I, not a, every single one of them went through these four stages of courtship, you know, it looked different. So Again, laying the foundation. And then the other part was to show how they fell in love, how they prepared for marriage and how they stayed in love. So the courtship was the, the you know, the whole purpose of the book isn't, I would say, just to dive into this courtship. Um, but it's mostly, I think, to reflect the saint stories and how they fell in love and stayed in love. Yeah, and really, 
when when you speak about that, the first thing that strikes me is the difference about courtship is is that it upholds the dignity of the of the of the person versus you know the use of someone else. You know what can I get out of this? You know what my needs, my pleasures, my wants, or whatever. But rather the dignity of the of the other person and the dignity of the sacrament of marriage and its true purpose. Um, you, you have a beautiful um, reflection on even just the purpose of marriage that I thought was just really beautiful. And um, it, you said on, on, and I'll just read a little bit of it. You said on earth, human love ought to marry, ought to mirror the divine love, the external, the eternal exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Only those couples who seek to resemble the Trinitarian love and Christ's love for his church by holding nothing back from their spouse all the days of their life can obtain the perfection of love. Um, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful when we think about what is possible, and I think the the current culture just looks at this um, dating, or they just look at it in such a, a uh, diminished, impoverished way, a very small way, and they don't realize what they're saying no to. So I love the sto these stories of each of these saints, these couple saints, where we can see what's possible. What can the Lord do if we will entrust our marriage? So was that a question? No, it wasn't. Was it was just more of a statement. So, <laughs> so, okay. So, so let's get to this question of why is courtship so important? Yeah. I think, you know, we look at our climate of marriage today and, you know, you know half of marriages are ending in divorce. You know, many people, even Catholics cohabitating, people putting off getting married. And I think one of the things we don't look at, what's the root cause of this? What's one of the root causes? Obviously, you know, you have pornography and other you know, serious sins, but I think we need to go back to that preparation time. And I think, you know, in fact, I think married couples, we have it pretty easy, you know, like when you go in a, a religious sister's preparing 10 years, you know, to, to be espoused to our Lord. And then you have a priest eight years and often, you know, married couples, it's, you know, it's a year to, you know, uh, 18 months. And, you know, they're getting very often it's poor preparation during that time period. And they don't have the examples, you know, in their own homes, they're coming from broken homes. And that was another reason why I wrote this book to show the ideal, to show that this is how like St. Gianna prepared for marriage. And so you can see, like, even if you came from a broken home, this is, you know, the saints are our best teachers. And so my point is um, going back, I think just the, the whole point is getting back to courtship and how that can really, I think the way we prepare for our marriage will in turn lead to, you know, more fruitful, more um, beautiful marriages, more lasting marriages, you know, because as, as Dan and I know, and any man, like when you put on that ring uh, on your finger, it doesn't take away the lust, you know, it doesn't go away. So it's, you know, it's now it's, you know, our teenagers, you know, when they choose every, every, sin that they're faced with now they're choosing their future spouse like and that's a so i think just going back to uh that this this preparation is so important absolutely Very good so we're with patrick o'hearn courtship of the saints how the saints met their spouses 
EWTN's religious catalog is a place where you should look for this book. You could also look for it at Tan Publishing. But when you get it from EWTN's religious catalog, two amazing things happen. One, they'll actually send you the book when you pay them. And then the second thing that happens is you're, you're participating in their great worldwide ministry of advancing the gospel and the kingdom of God. Strongly recommend the book. It's a great gift, you know, for, for young men and women who have discerned uh, their call to be married. It'll give them, I think, a much better. You know, I, I think what's great about this text, and we're going to head to a break, maybe I should say afterwards. Actually, when we get back from the break, I want to just talk about why I think this text, this book will be more effective than kind of a more uh, didactic approach to uh, train, maybe training or formation in marriage. I think this book is much more powerful than that. So I'll, we'll talk about that when we get back from the break. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy in marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events register today there is a growing need for well-formed solid spiritual directors in the church today the avila institute in collaboration with heart of christ spiritual direction program offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards god the program is grounded in ignatian and carmelite spirituality based on a catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles and the new evangelization this program offers both online and on-site classes Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. We're talking with Patrick O'Hearn about courtship of the saints, how the saints met their spouses. The reason I think this book is more effective, will be more effective, for folks in understanding what is courtship, understanding the value of it, understanding the seriousness and the glory of marriage is because it's offered through story, the stories of the lives of people that most of us revere or find interesting in some way. Or many of us don't even know exist out there. Yeah, but of course, just to be honest, if you read them, right. And, and it's so inspiring. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. It's inspiring. I mean, one of the couple stories in here is Lewis and Zelie Martin. You know, of course, this is Therese's parents. Their their picture, their portrait is hanging up um, in our dining room. which Saint is Therese the, dining room. Yeah, yeah, it's the little flower dining room that we have here at the retreat center. And just so inspiring. It moves my heart to know that there's a couple out there. And this book is full of those couples that show us how to be holy in and through marriage mm-hmm. in a way that makes our marriages flourish. Uh, you know, there's nothing boring. There is nothing um, just dead about this no, life. It's totally alive. It is completely the opposite. Yeah. And it's just so life giving. So can I say, can I make a, 
per personal comment. Sure. I mean, I we say this on the show, and we we're both broken people, and we've we've made a lot of mistakes in life. So I'm not saying this as sort of some lofty thing. I could not imagine. It is not possible for me to conceive of a better marriage than being married to you, mm. than the marriage that we have in Christ. But I think one of the reasons why it has become that, because it didn't start that way. It was very hard in the beginning because we both we both had been through relationships in the wrong way, really. Just yeah, we were ways. very broken. Yeah. yeah. But then when we came and we both had this different perspective on how marriage work conformed to God, then we did what Patrick is advocating through many of the lives of these saints in the sense that we were super intentional. We read a stack of books together before we prayed we together. We prayed together every day. We studied together. I taught Stephanie Liturgy of the Hours. We right. prayed the Liturgy of the Hours. So wh when we came into marriage, we came in with some of the hardest junk to deal with. But because Christ was at the center, that's what enabled us. The, probably the first five, three to five years was the toughest. Mm -hmm. And then since then, it's just been what it improved from the beginning. But I don't know. I, I, I think what Patrick is advocating here through this lens of the saints is really vital for for a healthy marriage. But right. I sort of cut you off there. I think you had a question. Well, yeah. So what I'd like to know is why were these married saints the greatest of lovers? Because some folks listening to this, they go, oh, courtship's so boring and yeah. so blah, whatever. So, but it's quite the opposite. Tell us about these married saints and why do you consider them the greatest of lovers? And, uh, you know, I didn't write this book just for, as you said, for people that are just discerning marriage, but also for, you know, married couples like like myself and my wife and you guys. And I think, you know, you, you, um, us men were supposed to court our wives until the day we die. And mm, I think point. that, and I think that um, the reason they're the greatest lovers is, you know, they love God above everything and the love that they had for their spouse that paralleled the love for the Eucharist. You know, we see that in like you have divine intimacy, the more intimate we are with God, you know, we will have the most intimate marriages. And I, even in uh, I have a footnote in here and it, it's incredible. You don't see saints talking about this, but, you have a letter between St. John and her husband mm. and, and he's recalling, like, I think he, he traveled to the United States on several occasions, I think or right after they're married for six months and they wrote love letters every single day. And he, wow. and he said, one of the letters, he's like, I, he remembered like the intimate nights and, and caresses. And, and I think to myself, you know, there was an article that came out that said Catholics, devout Catholics have the, the, uh, the greatest, the best conjugal union. And I, and I believe that, you know, when you read St. Gianna and it's all flows from the love of Christ, from that, mm. from the Eucharist. And that, that's why these saints, I mean, they were the greatest lovers because they could, they, they loved God more than their spouse. And that love from God was it just, it just flow, overflowed, like almost like you're like a monstrance to your wife in a sense. Like when, when your, your wife is looking in your eyes, it's like, the husband if we're supposed to represent christ it's like christ's love the gaze from from our face is coming to our spouse so i think that's that's why they're the greatest lovers that's yeah. beautiful what well, you know uh, on another another one i want to make sure i get in here before because yeah. we, we're going to run out of time so quickly is what uh what surprised you so when you're studying these yeah. obviously you knew only in a cursory level some of them i imagine yeah. but what what which surprised you impressed you the most or maybe that you learned from 
the most. Yeah. I was the, the one story, you know, there's, I think it's called the hidden life, but uh, blessed uh, Franz Joggenstager, right? He was refused to go into, to join the Nazis in World War II. And he, as a result, he was in prison and then and martyred. And his wife could have like said, Hey, I want, I want you to, you know, I want you to choose me. And he, 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 she allowed him to choose God. And, and also the fact that he fathered a child out of wedlock before that lady and just the, his mm. wife's name was Francesca. And so I just think in these stories, I include a lot of suffering in these stories. These aren't just glamorous to show that the marriage is the cross and mm-hmm. the cross is marriage. And, and the way that these couples, that they could forgive each other from their betrayal and that they that ultimately they wanted God's will. They were striving towards union with God. And as, as you said, this whole program, I mean, like, we're striving for that same union with our spouse. And I had an idea this morning, you know, how you talk about um, this whole union with God is like, God wants us to, to love our spouse more like the every day, you know, than the mm-hmm. previous day. So, so I think I was surprised by this, this level of forgiveness and uh, that these saints experienced, you know, they showed to their spouses. Mm. You know, that's such a, a beautiful thing to bring up and, and point out. And I think it's important for our listeners to hear because, you know, I think sometimes people in their brokenness and, and we experience this at the marriage retreat, they, they can read something like this and they can just feel like, but I made this mistake and this mistake and I, I committed this sin and this brokenness or whatever. And part me. of that, part of the, our marriage retreat is to go through the healing and the restoration uh, of rooting out all that and to, to bring ourselves to this ascent to oneness, which is the secondary title of our marriage retreat. And I, I think it's just so important to understand that Christ makes all things new all things new. And when we turn our brokenness, we turn our marriages, our relationships, and we trust him in the midst of the mess that he, he just restores if we will trust him. And, and it's beautiful because it's a little bit like, you know, when you, when you have a wound and it gets cauterized, it's straight, it's even stronger that that place where that brokenness was is even stronger in that that love of Christ cauterizes that wound and then that marriage being rebirthed in that hope and rebirthed out of that brokenness to oneness can be even stronger yeah. and they can actually be a light for others they can be a source of healing and hope for others so i love that you have stories in here that aren't just pie in the sky but this is really the reality of the painfulness of all this. So I thank you um, for putting that in there. I, I want to ask another question. Um, what uh, or, or how can married couples grow in love based on these saint stories? Like what, this is beautiful. They're wonderful stories, but how can they help us grow in love with our spouse? I had a story of a uh, St. Elizabeth of Hungary and when her husband, King Louis, would come back you know, from being out of the country, it said she would run to him and give him a thousand kisses. And I often think, you know, as you know, I don't advise, you know, making make it out in front of your kids. But but I think uh, there's something to be said about that. You know, when the husband comes home from work, you know, the wife, you know, she should greet him and try, you know, if she can, you know, and give him a kiss or, you know, the husband's leaving. You know, when he goes out, you know, I know the, the beautiful practice of, of a priest you know, visiting the blessed sacrament before and after, you know, he, you know, he leaves his home or, you know, he's got the chapel there. Um, it's like the same thing with our wife. You know, we should give a kiss, say, I love you before we go. Or 
when we're coming home and just that level of affection. I think and we see it in St. Gianna's letters, you know, that even communication throughout the day, sending a text to your wife, like, you know, I love you. How's your day going? Um, and then I think the other thing is uh, just that, that prayer life. There was a couple in here. Um, I think it's the, I can't, I, I butcher their last name, the Quadrinkos, or, but they, uh, they're, they're the first blessed couple before the, uh, the Martin family. And they had several children that became priests, but they would often spend uh, 30 minutes in prayer every morning. And so I think, you know, the, the, your prayer life is, will spill over to that, to that relationship. So those are a couple ways that I think um, they can, couples can grow. Yeah, I think what, one of the powerful things about the marriage retreat too, which uh, which parallels this book, is uh, like one guy uh, said to his wife after he left the retreat, "I never knew there were so many different ways that I could love you," and he's already a good man. They have a good marriage already, but uh, when you read the lives of the saints. It, it, it reminds me of the passage in the New Testament where St. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. The power of the lives of the saints is they sort of incarnate, if you will, or make real uh, what it means to follow Christ in the various states of life. And so your book is a series of stories of men and women who made real in all of their brokenness or, or their goodness what it means to follow Christ in marriage and in so doing, they're changed. And often these people change the world around them. Is there any example, and I, I, I'm guessing I know the answer, but is there a single example of a couple who, who was holy in their pursuit of one another and God that didn't also have a huge effect on the world around them? I mean, I think to no effect on the world around them. Yeah, it's just not possible, is it? No, no, it's not. I mean, I, I think you see, you know, and I even mentioned the life of uh, you know, Thomas More, right? His first wife died, and then his second wife he married. But I, I, I was doing some research on him, and I talk about in my other book, The Parents of the Saints. He, has, he had several children that became, one became a nun, or grandchildren, great-grandchildren, mm -hmm. nun, a priest. I mean, it's like this whole lineage. I call it saintly succession, you know, how mm -hmm. we have apostolic mm -hmm. succession. God wants that from us. He wants our children, our grandchildren, and, uh, you know, to become saints. And that's where you see, like, you know, when you're following God's will and you're putting him above everything, he wants to, you know, have a harvest of saints. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This is a beautiful book. I encourage everyone to check out Courtship of the Saints, How the Saints Met Their Spouses. You can find it at TAN or at EWTN Religious Catalog. So with that, until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.